Hey guys, emergency podcast time. Oh my gourd. I'm Brian Kluger um, with Preston Barta and Dan Moran. Their crazy news happened today. We just had to, we just all started texting each other about it. We got the press release and it was too much to not have a little podcast about this. So the news might be good, might be bad, according to some people. But in essence, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers has basically said none of their new movies are going to movie theaters, at least for 2021. So all of 2021, no Warner Brothers movies in the theaters going straight to HBO. Um, So first off, I guess, Dan, please, what are you thinking about this? Is this, I mean, this is the lawyer. What are you thinking? I think this is RIP movie theaters. Big rip to our movie theaters. Pour one out because you can't put the, I'm scared you can't put the genie back in the bottle. I think there will be little niche theaters like your draft houses and things like that. But if anybody follows suit with Warner Brothers and for an entire year puts their movies onto a stream, their big tentpole movies onto a streaming platform the same day as it would be released in a theater covid willing is essentially what they're saying like if theaters are open then sure you could go see it in the theater in your local area but at the same day no extra cost it's going to be streaming on your tv you can pause it make your own food if anyone else follows this we might we might not be sitting in a 300 seat cinemark ever again no that's that's, crazy well that goes to banks and real estate because a lot of the AMCs and Cinemarks and Cineplexes are like some of the biggest real estate in the country. And those are just not going to be full. They haven't been full for a year. And now perhaps another year, where does all that money go? Where does all the rent go? How do they, people, like you said, maybe smaller ones like Angelica or something like that might stay in, but who knows? So Preston, Preston with this news, what do you think? Are you happy? Are you sad? What, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I think from a business perspective, it's uh, it's a level-headed compromise for for, for studios to do that um, because these are a lot of a lot of these films are movies that I've been wanting to see for a while, and they're just being pushed and pushed because of the uncertain times. And I mean, uh, the one that stings is Dune. Like Dune is a movie that I wanted to see in IMAX, and yep. there was promise of that around the holidays that it was going to be shown in IMAX and it, it, it hurts. I really want to go see that. But I also was one of the people that braved going and went and saw Tenet in IMAX uh, during all this. And uh, I mean, I had a good time. There weren't very many people there. And so I assume if they still manage to do that um, next year, then I mean, there's going to be a few that I want to go see in theaters, but as far as what what this means for the future like it is scary i i am somebody all of us are that are talking on this podcast or love going to the going to the theater and being surrounded by people who are just as enthusiastic about these properties um as we are and um it's just like it's a joyous occasion and it's sad that that's going to be taken away from us um beyond our control in a way but um i'm also i i hate to admit it but having not really been to the theater outside of just tenant 
I've been okay. Uh, I've been, <laughs> I, I haven't really missed it as much as I thought I would have. Um, I mean, I, I miss you guys. Like all three we're, of us have been in the theater together and watched movies. Press and you and I basically two or three times a week, we're sitting next to each other and do yeah. our routine. I mean, it just sucks that we haven't gotten to do that. But yes, I hear where you're at. It's because we've all three of us got great setups. We've got big screen TVs. We've got the big sound systems, projectors. So a little bit of the sting is taken away. Is that what you feel like? In that yeah, sense. yeah, certainly. Like I, I mean, I've been spending a lot more time watching very weird things with my wife, who probably wouldn't have time for it because I would be at the theater, and then she just doesn't want anything to do with another movie. <laughs> so uh, it it's had its pluses and minuses in both boxes, but I think overall I've just been a I've been pretty okay with how everything's been going but yeah i mean it's it's the news still stings a bit just because i i do i do miss it but i also been going to the drive-in and enjoying that so i'm just finding different ways to go about my uh movie watching routines um but yeah i think as uh dan said like there's 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 going to be theaters like the alamo or the angelica that will be around or even if these big theaters do vanish I have faith that when all this irons out, there's going to be a resurgence, maybe not to the degree that it, that it was at, but um, people do love going to the theater. We love being able to escape and uh, spend time with our family. It's a bonding thing. Um, so I think that they'll be around um, even if they go away for a little while. Well, Dan, so Preston has a son and you have two kids, right, Dan? Yeah. So does this news, I guess, give you more time to spend with your family and kids watching things if all uh, the studios were to move to their respective streaming services? Like, because I guess if Warner Brothers is doing this, like we saw in the HD DVD Blu-ray war format, when Warner Brothers chose their side, it was all over. So maybe this is it's all over maybe because what else is left paramount and universal still doesn't are not releasing things on streaming yet so is this gonna make it uh with your family better viewing experiences for movies i don't know well i think i mean i think it's much easier and cheaper to watch a movie at home with your kids like my kids don't care about the big screen like they're watching know some terrible elf on the shelf netflix produced cartoon and they think it's just as good as you know up or inside out or toy store <laughs> like <laughs> right now they don't care so as far as like for parents and families that's i i think it's going to be a huge hit and that's why i said the thing the genie in the bottle aspect is i can't imagine a scenario where we go an entire year and you give families who have multiple kids um and say hey you don't have to spend $60 to buy your tickets, buy your popcorn, buy your candy for the kid. And if it has to pee or it's scared or something happens, you can't pause it. You have to walk out. You can sit here. We can pause it. We can finish the movie later. We can stop and play outside. I just, for that specific niche of the market, if in 2022, they're like, okay, everything's off HBO max back to the theaters. I don't know if there's going to be not a rebellion, but the, as um, Preston was saying, 
it'll come back, but I don't think it'll ever come back as strong if we truly go a full calendar year of specifically speaking to families being able to just click start inside of their house. Well, I think we talked about this, both all three of us at some point, um, this might be a situation like 9-11 in the sense of airports were one way traveling by airplane one way before 9-11 and then drastically changed right after that announced the new norm. What's the new norm now with movie theaters? Because this seems, I mean, it's a billion, billion, billion dollar business. Well, yeah, uh, like I was saying, my the theater I managed and was a projectionist at, it closed down and I and the guy who still worked there said, hey, you know, they're permanently shutting down. Like Regal is closing this location forever. We're closing Thursday night. And I love movies. You guys know I love movies. And I got on and I was like, I'm going to go up there and see something. This was the place where I like cut my teeth. I worked there for almost 10 years and sweeping popcorn to just run in the show. And I looked at what was playing and I was like, eh, I'm good. You know, like, honestly, I looked at it and it was like unhinged, two foreign movies I wasn't interested in and and then a bunch of the classics, but it was like Hocus Pocus and The Nightmare Before Christmas, like stuff I did was just wasn't in the mood to go see. So I was like, all right, see you later, theater. Have a good one. It was nice knowing you. And, and that was my reaction. And whereas I feel like previously I would have been like, yeah. I'll go. Let's do it. Let's watch whatever. Let's watch Hocus Pocus for my last movie I ever see in this. Thing. So hmm. it's weird. It's crazy. What do you think about that, Preston? What do you think about that? What What do you think like the new norm will be? Like, do you think it will just be like maybe it, let's say in Dallas, Fort Worth area, maybe six theaters that are just real small? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. I, I mean, I personally would be OK with uh, more drive ins popping up. I really enjoyed that. The movie poster that I have behind me rad like they did a special screening for for that. And they had like just 25 cars show up and the actor there and. So I think there's like ways that they'll, that theater companies can make it exciting. I like going to uh, the Galaxy Drive-In in Ennis, Texas, um, which is like a 30 minute drive for me, but it just feels like a big event that me and my family can enjoy together. I mean, you are getting robbed of that, like that spectacular theater sound and the nice comfortable seats and, uh, refreshments that are specific to theaters that you enjoy um but uh, i'm i'm just kind of i'm enjoying it for what it is at the moment and i'd, I'd be okay with more drive-ins popping up if that that's going to be the new thing so and, and also if this is a new thing it begs the question of upcoming filmmakers how do they get their movies released? Because film festivals are a big part of that. And if there's no film festivals with theaters to go to, I mean, like I said, like we've all three have movie fested before together. However, during this year, have any of us really actually fested for an online film festival? Like it's, I don't even know. Like how did, what are, of and coming filmmakers going to think about yeah. this. It's kind of and, scary. And the quality, because I mean, I watched one of the ones that you sent me on my phone because I was on vacation. I couldn't get to get it to work on the TV. So I watched, I mean, here's someone who's trying to cut into the business. I'm watching their movie on my phone. Like that's not fair <laughs> to them, but at the same time, 
that's going to happen a lot. So the festival circuit is, I know Sundance just announced they're going digital and, but they're going to have events in like seven or eight different cities this year, but it's still a digital fest with some sort of remote option in cities around the United States for a two week period. But I read through that and I go, you're just putting everything online. Like, no, I mean, not trying to knock your festival, but still, it's just you're asking people to stream what they want to stream. Right. That's the point. And I don't know if that, I mean, if would movies really get purchased that way or like is, are, are the next Universal Warner Brothers uh, and Paramount and whatnot, are they actually Netflix, Amazon and Hulu? Or you could look at it on the flip side. Are they going to, how Netflix just pays for these, star vehicles and they're like oh we'll just give 200 million dollars to some ryan reynolds movie that makes absolutely you know just they throw that maybe if everything's going to go start streaming maybe they'll have a horror budget maybe they'll have an indie budget where they're just going to find people who have scripts maybe they're just going to start purchasing their own scripts and having them be made and filmed and they'll be exclusive for netflix i mean maybe it'll go that way so a little positivity (laughs) hopefully Yeah, no, I hope it's positive. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, okay. So what the press release is saying and correct me if I'm wrong, Preston, does it say just for 2021 for now? I believe it's just 2021 slate for now. Yep. Okay. It is is only 2021. They are claiming they're not doing it for any of their 2022 movies. So let's go down the list of what we will get to see on HBO rather than the theaters on 2021, like the big, like really big movies, like, well, huge movies. so like we, st- we talked about Dune, which I know Preston and Dan, this is like the movie you've been wanting to see for <laughs> years. <laughs> My friends and I said we were going to go rent or not rent, but go buy Breaking Bad, like meth cooking <laughs> suits and just go to the theater. <laughs> if they released that thing on Christmas day, we were like, you know, I'm I'm not dying for unhinged, but Dune, you know, might roll the dice on that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just saved your life. You don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There's also uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which is supposed to be amazing. Um, there, what was the Hell or High Water one? Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Taylor Sheridan's got Angelina Jolie. Um, and a bunch of other people in it. But there's also horror stuff in here. They got the next Conjuring movie, a new James Wan movie. But also uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong, which was supposed to be a huge deal too. Oh, yeah. And you've got even some um, Oscar bait, for lack of a better word, but it'll, hopefully it will be good. you got King Richard, where Will Smith is playing the Venus and Serena's dad. Remember that oh, crazy guy? Like, my I mean, goodness. Oh, but I'm Will just saying, Smith. that's... Yeah, thing right there. You got Space Jam for the kids. Space Jam two. Oh my! Looks awful. It looks honestly. Tom and Jerry is the one movie that looks like it was made for TV. So kind of works. (laughs) Preston, was there anything you were really looking forward to other than Dune? Um, I mean, I like Lin Manuel Miranda and his uh, adaptation of In the Heights is going to be. Uh, is coming out next year so oh yeah it is awesome did you see it no i haven't i haven't seen the the original but i've listened to it and what about i think i saw something like matrix 4 was happening as well yeah matrix 4 so 
That's a big deal. Now that's a huge deal. <laughs> I mean, man, I mean, those are, and that's why I said, I don't know how you can put the genie back in the bottle. Cause these are legitimate tentpole movies. Dune, Godzilla, Wonder Woman, Matrix 4, Space Jam for the Kids, The Suicide Squad. Those are those are big domestic 300 400 million dollar movies with some of them that could even push a billion dollars if they were released in normal times and now I'm going to be able to just hit play. Well, this brings up a whole other question of a lot of these movies were already filmed before COVID hit or they were just wrapping up. There's just like a few short weeks that they had to uh, finish up and everything else is post and editing. So they just had to come up with a plan for the things that they had already made based off the budgets that they already have. But what does this mean for movies going forward? Like what are they facing financially with all these safety protocols in place? Like even when we started talking about some of those film festivals, these movies, like those budgets, those big budget movies can afford to go through all those safety protocols, everything that they need to put in place. And with these indie films, are they just going to be rolling the dice? Like, cause uh, there's a lot of these movies, like these indie films, like sometimes they just shoot it on a dime and uh, we'll love and appreciate them. And our word helps them make money, but that just changes the game. Yeah. So, like let's say an indie movie, a million dollars to make. And then you got to think what an extra 250,000 or even double at a million dollars for safety protocols. And then on top of that promos, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and then, so let's say that's like $3 million on your $1 million budget to make the movie. <laughs> I mean, on an indie film, how do you make your money back without theaters? I guess you have to rely on Amazon home video to like okay this it costs us one million dollars to make but it costs us an extra two million dollars to do everything else yeah they're just they're just praying that these streaming sites that just want content are gonna purchase their their movies and it's scary because there's been no indication from what i know that that's happened certainly some of these streaming places have latched on to certain directors or stars or production companies but it's like hitching your wagon to Ryan Reynolds and the rock or <laughs> giving Adam Sandler a lifetime contract to make whatever he wants on Netflix. I mean, that's not the same as Dan Moran from Austin who has XYZ camera and goes out and films this and this and that it's, it's an easy investment for them to go after stars. I wonder if they'll go after the little fish. I mean, do you think somebody like the rock as big as that would allow his movies to go straight to you know, streaming service because I is. mean, Red Notice. Okay, Red Notice Red is Notice going straight. Okay, yeah. but like, I guess he's going to be involved in the DC universe, and so that would go directly to HBO as well. I think he's he just making money. He doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, he just had like a whole contract dispute about like not getting enough money for whatever movie it was. So as long as he's getting paid, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's up, <laughs> he's, paid, he's paid up front, so I don't think. Uh, I don't think he's too worried about it. I'm sure it'll do something, but I would, I would agree with you. And that would be weird, but considering he Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot are in that movie, red notice that's supposed to come to Netflix next fall. That's, I mean, that's a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. It's wild. And that was before COVID they started filming, like before COVID that was all announced. So 
that's just wild. So do you expect after the release of this news before Monday, every other studio to follow suit? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, why not? I mean, like I said, before we started recording, I think the most likely one that's going to do something is this is going to keep HBO Max subscribers. That's what they're all about right now. They need their monthly subscriber fee. They're trying to keep their user totals up. I've read articles about it before. It's why Quibi died. It's why Netflix has something coming out every week and is constantly like, oh, we'll pay $200 million for these eight British shows that nobody ever watched, but we'll promote them to the front page and we'll get a bunch of people to watch. It's they key need to keep people coming in. And this is going to keep, HBO Max is going to keep people coming in. They got Wonder Woman Christmas Day. The first movie that's supposed to release is a called The Little Things. I just Googled this with Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. And it's like about a burnt out cop and a detective. That's one of the first HBO Max 2021 straight to streaming things that's coming out. So the minute Wonder Woman's over, they're going to be like, anyway, here's our next offering. It just has Denzel, Rami Malek, <laughs> and Jared Leto, you know, all of whom have at least got some sort of awards recognition Emmy for Rami, but still it's like, here you go. This is January. And I'm sure in February is one of the horror movies and so on and so forth. So I think the most likely one to follow suit Disney, they're putting soul on Christmas day. They got WandaVision coming out January, but what's after WandaVision? What's the gap going to be like between WandaVision and Falcon and the winter soldier, because that's how they're going to keep people coming back. How can they keep people paying the 10 bucks a month for Disney plus if people have to wait end of January for WandaVision all the way to the Mandalorian again. Like I would just unsubscribe and get it back in October to watch Mandalorian. Right. But if they're like, Hey, guess what? March, we're going to have black widow June. We're going to have Falcon and winter soldier August. We're going to have whatever. And then Mandalorian's back in October and they have a year round schedule then then I think that keeps subscribers. So it wouldn't shock me if Disney was the next one to follow. I would hope so. At least for 2021. Yeah. Right, because we don't, I mean, the, the pandemic is unarguably getting way worse right now. Yeah. And, and guess what? <laughs> if anyone's listening this far, spoiler alert, apparently Florence Pugh is like in the Hawkeye show. <laughs> if she was in Black Widow, we haven't even met her yet. And she's filming a in the Hawkeye show and the Hawkeye show is supposed to come out like the end of next fall. I'm sitting here like, well, I don't even, I would be excited, but I have no idea who the hell she is. They've got to get that movie out. (laughs) (laughs) So in, I guess to, I guess conclude here, what this is the good thing, right? This is, I mean, I think we all agree this is the right thing to do, but is this the first step? Like we, I mean, at least I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I thought, you know, the death, the death kneel, uh, the death touch was when all the big cineplexes started charging $50 to rent out the whole theater for yourself. Like just one person could rent a whole theater during the week for 50 bucks and watch a movie you wanted to watch. Like, I feel like that's, that's the deathbed, like smell ya later type of thing. So it's, Preston, is this or a movie theater owner selling all his uh, personal personal movie posters to <laughs> keep his employees paid? That was fun. 
Yeah. Oh, right, right. That was Draft House. They were like, hey, we're going to just, we're going to the vault. We're going to take out all of our Mondo stuff so we can keep people employed. And it just made me real sad. <laughs> but like, yeah, I guess they would keep employed. But like, at least in Dallas, there are no draft houses open. No. Right? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe right. just Richardson. I can't remember. In so, Austin. In, in Austin, where they started, are they open? Three of them. Three of them. Okay. I think there's like five or six total, but three of them are open, very limited, and they're doing the rent out the theater for you and 15 other people or something if you want to, like have a private screening. But so is this a wait and see until 2022 when perhaps Batman comes out, or is this just we might just be doing drive ins like Preston said, or very small theaters until? vaccines and covid is gone and even then will these big cineplexes like these cineplexes that hold 30 theaters are gigantic structures are they going to be torn down are they going to be converted into something else how do you like there's so much real estate the costume warehouse halloween superstores (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know where it goes do you guys? I feel like a lot of people are just going to be testing the waters out. If all these theaters are going to be closing and they have all these movie theaters within their like 30 plus theaters, then yeah, I don't think even when everything does settle, the dust does settle, people are still going to have the shakes. They're not going to want to like roll the dice on that too. And they're just going to start small test things out for periods and just see how things go. But it, yeah, like, like we've been saying this entire time is it's not going to go back to what it was. It's going to, if that's the case, it's probably going to be about five, 10 years down the line. This is, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking to myself, I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 next November. And I'm thinking by the time I'm 45 years old, we might be able to be back in theaters again, like for like the real deal, not just, here and there and big cineplexes be open because that's what I'm thinking. Right. And a lot of that isn't you basing it just strictly off COVID, but I'm saying if COVID slowly got eradicated over the next six months to where we didn't have to worry about it, but you're giving, we're different. I think we three are much more different than the average moviegoer. Like we love the experience. We would go to movies three, four times a week. You know, we'll watch stuff at home. We're into it. Most people don't do that. Most people are, are, you're sitting there trying to figure out how the hell did 80 million people watch Hubie Halloween week one? You know what I mean? But like, if that was in the theaters, it probably would have made $70 million. So you're like trying to figure out the basic public returning to theaters after they've been given the opportunity to watch these quote unquote bigger movies from their couch now, maybe that'll spark some sort of movie revolution and people will realize, oh, you know what was pretty good? This random uh, Taylor Sheridan movie or this movie starring so-and-so. Maybe it'll, the ability for the ordinary folks to just watch something that they consider to be for free at no extra charge will actually expand people's movies fandom, which would be awesome for us that we could talk to people about these movies. But at the same time, the fact that they didn't do it from their couch, I think the bigger hurdle moving forward is once this is over, how do you get to sell out five showings after 6.30 p.m. of the next Marvel movie? 
how do you because that's what justifies theater existence mm-hmm. how, how does that happen how do we get back to that point and that's not happening in 2022 that's going to be that's going to take a while right right and i wonder you know you, you're going off of that what about concessions like what about the popcorn or soda industry? Like, I'm sure like Coke and Pepsi are going to do well, but like, fuck, man. I mean, I might have a bag of popcorn at my place right now, but theaters are known for popcorn. What's the dip in sales and that going to be? Is we're going to see like a surge in price in popcorn because they're not selling as much? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Orville Redenbacher is going to lose his monocle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Homeless Orville. <laughs> And plus, like, where are all these um, movie employees going to work? Because, I mean, an average Cineplex might employ, well, how much do you think, like 80 employees, maybe more? Yeah, we had a 16plex. And this uh-huh. was at the height when, you know, this was at the height. This was, I worked there during the dark night. Yeah. You know, it was like, like Star Wars Episode Three, like when movies were huge. And, and I think we had between 80 and 90 kids over the summer between you know april all the way up to late august but september to february it, you can work you can get by with 30 people so it was still kind of seasonal and i'm sure that's changed since i haven't been there for a while but yeah that's a, still a lot of people in the local area a lot of high school kids college kids people without big degrees you know it's a good opportunity and a good place to work yeah maybe it's going to be like uh in dallas or at least in waxahachie they had like skyro fair that was going on during april and then they had the haunted houses going on during october we're just going to have like these areas that where they do theaters during uh the summer and then the rest of it's just going to be business powerpoints man so preston what's the good that comes out of this like i think i mean have something like this, like a big industry kind of more or less going under where, where, what's the, what's the positive outcome out of all this? I mean, the positive outcome is that we get to see these movies. Um, I mean, that's the the big thing. Um, I mean, beyond that, I'm not entirely, uh, sure. Cause just cause we're, we're like, I've been saying we're, we're big movie fans and we, we want to build that have, uh, what we had but you know the things are changing I don't know like a lot of movie studios do with whatever material or genres that they do they're they're trying things they're trying new things and we're just going to be in this period of limbo where they're just all these different studios and platforms are just going to be trying things out and we don't really know what uh, the definitive direction is going to be but if um being able to just watch these at home. I mean, as a, as a father, like uh, Dan said, like it's so much easier. It's going to be great uh, for me. And for a lot of those small movies that we were talking about, like the benefit of watching something on Netflix is if that, when, when you were to see those movies in the theaters, you had to, you, you lost your money. You watch a little bit of it and you lost your 12 bucks or whatever you spent on the ticket here you can pop watch 15 minutes of it and just be like, nah, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm just glad that we get to see these movies. And Dan, you feel the same way. Is there a positive outcome of like something new coming to be like I piggyback on everything Preston said, but one big thing is it's going to force all the studios to innovate. 
Yeah. I mean, the industry is not going to die. People love entertainment probably more so now than they did before the pandemic. I know more people who are talking about TV shows and movies, more conversations about that. Now, granted, that's because we're trapped in our houses because there's a deadly virus. But at the same time, I don't think that interest is going to wane whenever we start. I think people are realizing like, hey, you know what is kind of interesting to watch? X, Y, Z. Do you know what I never gave a shot before? This. And now I've watched it and I kind of like it. I'd like to see what this actor does or, you know, back and forth on that. So so the studios are going to have to think fast and they're going to have to innovate and find a way to keep getting us content keep all these super famous people paid and making movies while still finding, as we talked about earlier, the next crew of people beneath all these big time directors and giving them opportunities within their platform to build themselves. Because at the end of the day, they're just investing in content, which people eat up like it's nobody's business. You give, you put something free that says new on Netflix. It's in the top 10. It could be a complete piece of garbage, but if it has a new logo next to it, people click on it and watch it. And I think, that is where they have to go. They have to keep people interested in their platforms. They have to keep people interested in coming back to them as a brand. And that's why right now HBO Max has a leg up on the competition because they came out today and said, we recognize that you're all scared of this virus. It's not going to be under control, even with a um, vaccine. And even though it's really for business reasons, they're doing it. I'm not stupid. At the same time, they're getting out in front of it and saying, we want you to enjoy our products. We want you to enjoy our things. Even if it is clearing the deck and they're writing it off in taxes and all the evil corporation things, they're still in the public eye are going to have a more positive spin than other places because they're saying, you want it? Here, choke on it because we're about to give it all to you right now. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to put it. Choke on it. <laughs> <laughs> open wide we're giving you everything <laughs> right right oh my oh my <laughs> meanwhile we'll all be living like the the characters in wally we'll just be fat people just watching content constantly right we'll just it'll it might come to that it might come to us hover chairs with a screen in front of us not talking or seeing one another I'm already, I already took an extra step towards that the other day because I spent about 20 minutes researching the Oculus Rift because <laughs> it looked really cool. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I was like, I don't, I, I am, my own reality is pretty fun right now. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, at the end of the day, the really good news is this. We're three weeks away from watching Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. Yeah. That's great. On no, that's paper, really good. That's fantastic. And if we can look forward to something like that once a month from HBO Max, Disney and these other places while we try to get through this endless, crappy, shitty year full of a deadly disease virus that's ruined everyone's life and livelihood. Then, and we come out the other side with a little bit of happy entertainment. Then, guess what? It's a good choice by them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What about oh. you, Justin? Yeah, I, I feel the same. Uh, some other thought just came to mind since a lot of like something like uh, Wonder Woman is is going to open overseas and probably do really well over there. Cause they're, they got their shit together. Um, we might see like even more annoying product placement, uh, <laughs> especially like, like, uh, like Michael Bay level, like just everything. 
Like like in World War Z, where um, Brad Pitt stops at the Pepsi machine and drinks a full can of Pepsi while the zombies are chasing him. Yeah. <laughs> the best was um, there, there's like some Chinese phone that's not available in America, and in one of the Transformers movies with Mark Wahlberg, Michael mm-hmm. Bay has Mark Wahlberg like talking to his daughter on this phone and it's all the Chinese lettering that no one can read. And it's a weird looking phone and he's talking on it. And I read afterwards, it was like, yeah, that cell phone company gave, you know, $8 million or something to have him use that phone. <laughs> and it can't even use, it can't even be used in the US. And he's like in Nevada, like just hanging yeah, out with a junkyard dinosaur. <laughs> Yep. Hey, Ben, when you're making a movie, some company's like, here's 8 million bucks. Yeah, say, sign me yes. up. <laughs> Every time you say yes. <laughs> and then the, the creative side will say, no, we're like Blade Runner, you know? Like everything's just kind of meshed together. Right. No, this this movie takes place in Puritan times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no cell phone here. Well, you have to like make sense of one. All right. So uh, yeah, that's our podcast. Um, I'm sure... Well, we'll see, you know, before January 2021, we'll see if any other studios follow suit. You know, Warner Brothers was still releasing stuff. Um, I mean, but the one big one, Universal, is definitely still releasing stuff in theaters. I'm curious to see if they go to Peacock as well. Right. There's good news for you. The movies that we review on your site, now people can watch them easier. That's true. Lots of times we're like, I'll see a movie and I'll review it. And everyone, I don't really want to go pay for that. It's like, now you can just watch it. Right. That's a good thing. That is good. (laughs) I like this. I like this. Well, thank you guys, Dan Preston. Uh, Preston can be found at the Denton Record Chronicle and freshfiction.tv. And he's on Instagram uh, and Twitter under Blu-ray dad. Uh, he's posting all the amazing memes, Blu-rays, and funny goodness. We love him as much as he loves Rad, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan Moran, he's uh, he just wrote his Mank review, and I did not uh, send it to Preston, but Preston and Dan verbatim said the same thing that I would say. <laughs> More like wank. And in separate text, I sent the text to to yes. Dan Preston. <laughs> it was verbatim. It was really funny. Uh, so you can see his reviews of that on the uh, show. Um, and we're going to be doing an upcoming episode of Fear and Loathing in Cinema soon. Hopefully Preston will join us for that because it's going to be a good one. It'll be holiday themed. And uh, he's on Instagram at, was it Dan J. Moran 29? And also I am um, on Twitter as HDDVDDad. <laughs> the war has started. Nobody, has nobody, follow, nobody follows it. It's a dead account, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful guys. It was wonderful. Pleasure talking with y'all. We'll see y'all soon.